From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I am your host, Katie Schmidt, and joining us this week are the 2020 Dairy Producers of the Year, the team behind Milk Source. Jim Ostrom, John Vosters, and Todd Willer. Welcome to the show, guys. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. All right. As we get started, of course, we're going to talk about Milk Source and everything that the business is, but let's start with some introductions. I'm going to have each of you share a little bit about your backgrounds and uh, just meet and greets with our listeners. So, Todd, if you want to go first. Been uh, involved here with Milk Source since the beginning, partnered here with, with Jim and John been uh, involved in the dairy industry my uh, whole life parents grandparents you know going going back four generations uh, dairy farming just love the industry uh, been uh, very uh, very involved and uh, enjoy it so I head up our uh, operations department here at, at milk source which is uh, more so the the items on the farms with the facilities uh, equipment cropping getting uh, nutrients out on the on the land that's kind of my background. John, if you want to go next. Sure. So I grew up on the farm that was our first uh, farm here at Milk Store. So I grew up on Tidyview Dairy, which was my parents' farm that they bought back in 1965. So been in the dairy industry my whole life, married with uh, three grown daughters and now have three son-in-law or three son-in-laws and two granddaughters. So pretty blessed about that. Plus, I guess my journey in, in agriculture and in dairy farming in particular, been a lot of ups and downs, but uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way and uh, blessed to be able to uh, achieve what we've achieved to this point. So I'm in charge of the, uh, I'm the herd guy. So it's the people that care for the cows and milk the cows and stuff. So anything that happens um, to animals on our farms, be it cows, calves, goats, whatever it might be, that kind of goes through my department. And last but not least, Jim. Uh, I grew up in Watertown, Wisconsin, and I ended up in high school working for uh, Rosie Lane Holt, Holsteins, which is Lloyd Holtman family. And I fell in love with the dairy industry and I was unable to shake it. So I uh, went off to college, a uh, degree in agricultural economics. And uh, when I was in college, I worked for World Dairy Expo as commercial exhibits manager. They were a little bit smaller back then. Uh, and I went out to, as part of that, went to the Tulare Farm Show and I saw a thousand cow dairy farm and I'm like, that's what we need to do. <laughs> and so we, uh, I contacted John and we, over the couple, a long period of time, we just uh, developed a business plan and joined John and his dad at, and then a little bit later, Todd. And we, with 180 cows, we started and uh, we learned every lesson I think you can name. Uh, and sometimes we relearn them, but in general, uh, we've, we've really built our business off of organization and culture of our team. And I kind of view today as we're here off the shoulders, standing on the shoulders of so many of our really high quality people that are um, very focused on improving their skills every day. So now explain to me how the three of you got together to start Milk Source and what the history is of the, the farm. Well, you know, I, we were all in Madison for different experiences and we were there roughly the same time. And I, I, I knew of Todd and I, I knew John, but I, uh, we've, we sort of formed this uh, partnership 
with John and his dad, and then Todd joined us. Um, we were we were looking for uh, like-minded people, and and you know people talk ask me about how far we've come over the hundred or over the twenty-seven years, and you know I I point out that there was some timing involved, and it took our team to to really work navigate this very challenging dairy industry, uh, but we we timed it perfectly for Wisconsin. Wisconsin was growing up as a dairy state. Uh, other states had had gotten larger farms and Wisconsin was really one of the very, very last to, to or, uh, organize the work that so that you could do it with some scale. And there was about 10 or 15 producers in Wisconsin that were adding cows. And, you know, most of us didn't know how to manage labor, uh, didn't know how to organize the work on a 24-7 enterprise. And we learned from each other, uh, the, the entire industry, and the, more people started growing in the in the state, and and more what I would call institutional knowledge grew, or developed over time, and we all gained experience, and that's how I think uh, we all started. I think one of the things that's helped us pretty significantly is we all have very different roles in the business, and uh, the role fits our passion very well, and so um, we've avoided stepping heavily into another person's area in our business. And, uh, you know, I think that's helped us as we've grown. And the other part is I, I think we've had to be really good at what we do in our part of the business in order for the company to succeed and grow. So whether it's the care of animals, the stewardship of the land and, uh, and crops and stuff or growing the business, I think we've all played a key role and uh, that's helped us achieve where we are today. I uh, think my two partners summed it up pretty well. I, I think we've just all learned how to work in our space in the business and, and, and how we've been able to interact together as a partnership. And uh, it, it takes real work to do that. And uh, I, I think uh, we're always learning and trying to get better at our jobs and, and what we're doing. And, and we truly have been partners. We've supported each other and, and we've challenged each other. And it uh, sometimes can be a, a healthy tension, but uh, we always, we always get get through it and and work through it for a better you know to better the business, and and that's what we really try to focus on. And speaking of the business, there's I believe three kind of major pieces that make up Milk Source on the the dairy side of things, and I want you to kind of walk us through. Let's start with the commercial dairy aspect of the business. What does that look like for you guys? Well, we have. Uh dairy farms in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Missouri of varying different sizes. And uh, we have, have one farm that's uh, uh, almost all Jersey to three-quarter Jersey bred, and the rest are Holstein. Uh, we are starting to crossbreed a bit more, and uh, we, we like some of the data that's uh, coming out of the, the Jersey cross, Jersey-Holstein cross. Uh, we have a couple... Um, small cheese businesses. So most people think we're big in dairy farming, uh, but we're also very small in cheese. And we wanted to vertically integrate. And what we found is that's much, much more difficult than anticipated. And, uh, but we are making some inroads in a very small way relative to the rest of our business. And we have uh, a, a goat milk business that we started about five years ago. And uh, we're still learning some, some lessons in that industry. 
<laughs> yeah, the goats were the next on my list because I feel like a lot of people don't connect milk source and milk goats. Right. So what what does that look like? And John, you kind of mentioned this a little bit in your background as far as working with the goats. So prior to maybe four or five years ago, I didn't have really much any experience at all working with the goats. So that's uh, we've had to learn a lot as we went. Um, I was probably naive to thinking that cow knowledge would carry over into goats. So we've had to learn a lot and take a lot of lumps along the way. Um, we still probably have a ways to go as far as on the goat production, milk production side and raising goat kids and stuff. Um, but I think we're getting better and better at it. It's a really challenging industry. So if we think um, it's tough being a commercial dairyman, um, we think it is because we're commodity producers. So we're competing against the best of the best. And we obviously can't have a presence at each of the dairies uh, day in and day out, 24-7. So we, we rely on really good uh, herd and ops managers at each of the individual sites. And they're kind of what makes the dairies run day to day. And we oversee uh, what they're doing. And we, we try to run them pretty similarly through each of the dairies. They each have their unique uh, challenges, but when, when we can get really good leadership in place that can really steer the culture in the direction that we want it to be, they can be pretty successful, but we're always striving to, we have to get better because our competition continually gets better. It's a lowest cost denominator and we have to figure out each and every day how to produce milk cheaper than some of our competitors can because it's, it's very challenging. Katie, the, the, uh, the goat milk experience gave me a grand appreciation for why American agriculture is considered the best in the world. And I didn't truly understand this until we got into goats a ways. And that is, is that I believe why U.S. agriculture, other than maybe some good ground, is so great is because of core data that is collected and researched upon by probably the start of it was the land-grant universities. And everything from corn genetics to uh, milk genetics, you know, bovine genetics is, is, comes from that core data and the progress that can be made because of it is staggering. And the reason why I bring this up is because in the goat industry, there's none of that. There is no infrastructure whatsoever to identify what the best genetics are, identify what the best practices are. And uh, we're out in the wilderness on goats. And uh, I figured, finally figured out why American agriculture is great, because they have that infrastructure that goats don't. So why venture into goats? Why was that a, a step or a, a path you guys took for Milk Source? Well, we, we got a phone call uh, from a, uh, a, a regional goat cheese business, and, and they asked if we'd consider milking goats. And I'd often thought about it. And I, we responded saying we would if we had some ownership in the processing side because it's a very illiquid market and there's very few um, mechanisms for balance like the dairy, like bovines. And because of that, we invested in the cheese business and we invested in goats. And, and uh, we think long term, it'll be a pretty good uh, venture for us, but short term, it's been plenty challenging. Todd, I have a question for you from an operations standpoint of things. You guys have all of these different dairies or, or multiple different dairies. Is there a single one that if you could replicate on virgin ground that you would do over again, or are there changes you would make to a dairy to create the best one that you could? You know, as technology changes and as 
everyone in the industry gains more experience. I mean, what's really neat about our industry is, is that we're all competitors, but, you know, we still visit each other's farms, sites, learn from each other, see what others are doing. You know, today, if you were going to uh, build a new, very efficient dairy farm, you would probably, you know, travel, look at some other sites, see what other people are doing. Obviously, technology and things keep, keep changing. You know, milking parlor size keeps, you know, pushing those paradigms and getting larger. There, there are guys putting in a 120-stall rotary parlors. You know, we, we don't have anything that, that large on any of our farms when we were building ours. So, you know, to, to look at our farms and say, I would replicate this one exactly, I don't think any of them would be exactly the way they are now. I, I think, you know, you would, you would go out there and you would, you would look at, at uh, what, what you're seeing others, others doing and try to learn and, and decide on that. Um, you know, we're in a commodity market. It's, it's all about being very efficient, um, very sustainable, very lean. You really have to consider the, the most efficient model when, when considering, uh, you know, if you're going to build a, a new farm today and, you know, labor consumption, energy use, all, all those things, uh, you know, play into it, you know, from what breed of cow you're, you're picking to what the model looks like if you're going to milk 2x or 3x and, and how many cows can you milk through, through that parlor. So today, um, I think if we were building another new farm greenfield, as you asked in the question, it, w- it would be different than, than what our existing farms are. I'd say frequently around the company that our future is laughing at the way we're doing it today. We need to figure that out and make our, make our evolve as quickly as we possibly can. And I think all of us in dairy can look back 15 or 20 or 25 or 30 years and say, why did we do it that way? That clearly wasn't the, the best way. Well, we're doing some things today that is not the best way for the future. And we're just trying to move that uh, learning curve along. Okay, so the last part of the, the pieces that I believe make up milk source is milk source genetics. And that may be the aspect that listeners are most familiar with. So give us an overview of that program. What do you see as the keys to your success? And maybe also what cows are you excited to get on the tan bark this summer as the show season kicks off? Well, I I think the key to our success in showing in show genetics is passion. Everybody involved with it are very, very passionate. Uh, Some people are surprised, but even a big commercial dairyman loves cows. And we love beautiful cows, and we just are in awe of the quality of genetics and, of course, the competitions that are around it and are competing with some of the best in the world at World Dairy Expo is just a thrill. Very excited about that. Um, you know, one of the things that we're finding most exciting as of late is uh, some of our homebred, many of our homebred animals are competing at the highest level. And uh, we're just completely thrilled with that. I have to give Eddie and Mandy Bew a tremendous amount of credit. They are they are a, a major force as to why we're achieving homebred success uh, because A, they're getting the genetics right, but it's so much at the top level is management and, and Eddie and Mandy and the entire team there are just doing a stellar job. Very exciting. We're, we're really fabulous to work with them as well. So, you know, our foray into that industry was probably spurred some by our kids and back in showing cattle in 4-H and uh, in uh, junior Holstein associations and stuff. And 
So that maybe led us back to that industry that we had been away from, from when we were kids and getting cattle for them to show at state fair the my kids, my daughters, the first several years that they showed, they were showing great calves that we had picked out at calf source. But if they wanted to go to state fair, they had to have a registered calf. So, you know, back in the mid two thousands, I bought a couple of heifers and around the same time, Jim bought a choice from butt John out of, out of desire. And that kind of was our start. And it morphed into probably as the rest of our business had it morphed into way more than we maybe thought at the time, but it's, it's really about our, our passion for, for great cows and competing against the best of the world. It really is an enjoyable, um, it's almost like a, a break from day-to-day business when we can go to, go to the cow shows and, and certainly all the people that we get to interact with at Expo has always been a truly a great time. And we certainly missed it last year and hopeful very much that it occurs again this year. So we missed it a lot. Are there any pieces of like large pieces that make up milk source that we didn't cover between the commercial dairies, the goats and the show cattle? Is there another aspect of milk source? Well, so I, I think what's enabled us to be what we are is the people in our company. It's, it's always spurred our growth. We wouldn't be able to do it without them. And they're the drivers of the day-to-day business. So we've, we've worked really hard at developing a model of growing internal talent. So people starting with our company and growing to wherever they aspire to grow to, we want to meet them wherever they are and give them the tools to, to develop leadership skills, to, to develop management skills. And um, a, a lot of the people that are now herd managers or ops managers or lead herdsmen or parlor managers, they, that's not where they started. We didn't hire them to do that. We gave them an opportunity and uh, they took took that opportunity and ran with it. So they developed their skills and most notably their leadership skills. So we started a milk source way in the past couple of years. And it's it's a, just a take a minute or two daily to talk intentionally about what we want our culture to be. So there's 31 different milk source way of the day. And, and we go through that. We keep repeating them almost every month. Um, but it's our it's our chance to intentionally steer what we want our culture to be, how we want to care for our animals, how we want to treat our people, treat, you know, the community, treat each other. So all of that, we want to do that intentionally because of how important we think it is. You know, one of the, the ways that we, we, one of our 31 milk source ways is respect. And if I had to sum up our culture and what we strive to do is it would be that one word. And it's respect for yourself first and, and respect enough for yourself to commit to learning and improving daily, but also for your coworkers. Of course, respect for animals. We have many animals in our charge. Uh, respect for our facilities and for our, our neighbors and our communities. And if, if you get that one trait right, respect, you'll be very successful at whatever you do. Speaking of some of that environmental and community stuff and the respect that you guys have for the just the overarching community that you're in, what are some of those community and environmentally based programs and initiatives that you're working on currently? Well, we have we have I'll say loosely partnerships. In other words, we're working with digester companies on, you know, working on digester deals. Now, we do not own digesters. Uh, We are simply licensing our manure with them. 
Uh, we think it's a very key step and most of uh, animal agriculture will have them in the end. And it's to convert some of our nutrients into methane, a very small percent of nutrients, but a lot, a lot of methane and it's renewable energy. We're, we're doing uh, land stewardship projects um, around our company, cover crops, et cetera. But I think the next phase of this is gonna be mapping our fairly precisely our carbon footprint and then striving to improve upon it on a, a very uh, regimented way. So if we're buying whatever fuel we're consuming today, our goal would be to consume less tomorrow. And I think, you know, obviously the multinational uh, cheese customers in the world are, are expecting us to move that way. And I think everybody in the industry can be, be preparing for a more sustainable model. And, you know, I, I think it's just an ongoing journey and there is no destination to it. There, the destination short term is, of course, to get the carbon neutrality. But long term, we're going to strive to improve upon that as we uh, continue on. Yeah, I mean, I would say another aspect is uh, we try to give back to the community that our farms are in, which we try to be a net presence. And we know some of our activities do not maybe bode well with the community. So when we're on the roads cropping, hauling manure, what, what it might be, but we, we try to be a positive. We try to support the local police and fire commissions because of how important they are in community. We try to support neighbors. We, you know, we do like compost days where we can give back some of our uh, digested solids, give cheese to our neighbors, car wash tokens, what, whatever we can be to, to, to try to be a positive in the community because we think that's really important that we're a well-respected uh, business in the community and, and that we're a positive for it. I had a very significant conversation with an, a neighbor 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And he was, we were at a social event and he said, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's great. But why do you have to chop hay in the middle of the night? And I, it really struck me and I explained to him why. And I explained that in August afternoon may not get the hay in the right moisture window to cause the correct fermentation so that the, the product, uh, the feed was self shelf stable, so to speak, so that we could feed our cows next winter. And unfortunately in August in Wisconsin, that hay is ready somewhere sometimes at, at 11 at night to, and we chop until it's uh, outside of that window. And he instantly understood it that moment when I explained it, that our cows need to uh, have feed that's perfectly fermented for next winter and he was okay with it. And what, what I learned is that all of us in agriculture, whether you're the biggest or the smallest, we all need to do our part in communicating the why of what we do. And so that our neighbors and our community can understand a little bit better. And so the why we're hauling loads of manure is because it's a sustainable fertilizer for our crops. It's essential for us to grow high quality food. And you know, one of the things that I think we got a little bit off path uh, several years ago or a few years back is that we were driven by you know, Facebook friends, right? How many friends do, does the Facebook page have? And how many likes did we get with today's post? And we backed away from that. And we still have a lot of Facebook friends, but our core and our, our mission is to communicate with our community. And you know, somebody that lives in England is not part of our nearby community. We need to, to speak to and educate and communicate with those neighbors that we have a direct effect over, the, the towns and the, the, 
these some of the elderly rural citizens that may not fully understand modern agriculture. And if we can communicate well to them, I think that's a really good start. One of the community programs that I want to ask you guys about specifically is the Dairy Cares of Wisconsin, because I think that's a really amazing initiative that you have all been a part of. So whoever wants to tackle that one would love for somebody to share what that program is and what that impact has been in the community. Well, 12, 12 years ago, uh, we had a garden party. Uh, I happen to be an avid landscape design kind of gardens, not vegetable gardens. And we had a really nice garden party with maybe 15 or 20 people at it. And we thought, well, that was a great event. Let's do it for a good cause. And we used our leadership at Milk Source to bring people into the tent for a good cause. And we picked Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. And uh, we were stunned by the support. Uh, John and Todd, myself, and, and several other founding members uh, got behind it. And now we've used our leadership with a lot of uh, influences uh, around the industry. And we've, we've uh, had a lot of enthusiasm. We've raised about a million and a half dollars over 10 years. And what I think our greatest accomplishment was last year during COVID. And every citizen I know and every business owner I know uh, was a bit shell-shocked by COVID last year, if you think back just one year ago. Uh, and for the industry and for common, uh, normal, everyday citizens to step up and make a donation of some sort was truly heartening and humbling. And we raised uh, $225,000 in the middle of a pandemic online. And I honestly would have told you that we could raise $25,000 maybe. And it, it was just overwhelming. Even in tough times, the dairy industry stood up and said, we're going to support a good cause. That's, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. We're going to shift gears a little bit here and talk about the future vision for Milk Source. What does the business look like in 10 years? And how does it fit into your guys' vision of what the greater dairy industry looks like in 10 years? Well, I, we don't have a specific target numerically of what our business looks like, but I can tell you what it looks like culturally. We want to be a high functioning team. We want to be thriving in an industry that can be awfully difficult at times. And we want to have a team that is functioning as a team. I mean, we've all been a part of organizations that had a high functioning culture. We've all been associated with maybe a, a younger in life, a friend group that uh, wasn't very high functioning. Our goal at Milk Source is to have a high functioning team being very competitive in the dairy industry. And uh, I, I think that that is, sums up our vision for the future. Yeah, I think the, the industry is very competitive and it's becoming a, a global market. So us commodity producers are competing globally. And I think this is the best place in the world to produce milk and cheese. And I think we're better at it because of how good so many are in the industry. And I think we're even gaining on our competition. So truly, my statement might be that if, if there's a lot of concern about global impact to our environment, I think more milk and cheese being made here in the U.S. benefits the world. And uh, we want to be a substantial part of that. And the only way that we are, as Jim said, is to, is to be really good at what we're doing, and that's engaging our employees and functioning as a team. And I think that's a key part of us competing globally uh, with the best that there is. What's one piece of advice that each of you would give a young person who's coming into the dairy industry, whether they're going to return to a family farm, start a farm, or work on the industry side of things? What's 
What's the advice that you could give them? Yeah, for me, um, offering advice to uh, to somebody who was uh, trying to uh, grow in this industry, it's really, you know, be hungry, be hungry to learn, be hungry to evolve as things change around you. It is uh, a very, very competitive, can be ruthless at sometimes. We we all have to evolve. We all got to keep getting better. You know, the three of us all started out working on much smaller farms than what we have today. We we all did. You know, all the jobs that we see on our farms, we know how hard that work is. And, uh, you know, having that hunger to learn everything and to be able to uh, teach, train, you know, uh, one of the best things that uh, I, uh, it makes me feel really good is when I'm on the farm and I see somebody doing a job I used to do on the farm and, and I see that they're, they're doing it better than I used to do it. You know, that uh, to me is just awesome. But, uh, you know, anybody who's coming in this industry, you just, you just got to be hungry and uh, be, be ready to evolve and change and, and get better. The advice I would give is if you're going to be a, a milk producer, you have to have a low cost model or a very high revenue model. It's awfully difficult to get a high revenue model. Certainly in genetics, some people have found that sweet spot. Uh, so if the rest of us have to produce milk cheap enough because uh, the commodity market doesn't forgive, the, the traits that I think are most important for anybody is you have to adjust quickly and you have to be prepared to stare down failure. We in the dairy industry see failure frequently and failure today might be a reproductive problem that you can't seem to overcome short term. It might be nutrition, it might be the cost of corn as we're experiencing right now. And it, and it feels pretty rough at times. And some days it feels like it's an insurmountable task, but you have to stare that failure straight in the eye and come up with the solutions to get through it. And there are times in the industry where the economic uh, stresses are so substantial that it sure feels like a, a failing environment. And, and one thing I'll say about the dairy industry is those of us that are remaining in the industry are pretty tough that way. Uh, we are prepared to fight for whatever uh, challenge faces us. I mean, I, for me, if I'm offering any advice, it's if someone wants to get into our industry in a large scale, I think they have to work their way through it. So it's it's finding the farms that are the best at being a low cost producer on a scalable model. And it's getting that experience from those farms and then finding like-minded partners that you know you have something that bonds you together because there is gonna to be tough times, there's gonna be disagreements and you have to be able to persevere through that knowing that we share a common goal, we share common values. It's what can, can keep you going during difficult times. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of traveling in our industry, a lot of connections, see, seeing what people do well and copying that and, and always be focused on how can, we, how can we be more competitive? How can we lower costs? And last but not least, uh, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned you guys are the 2020 Dairy Producers of the Year, which Expo recognizes uh, individuals or groups uh, each year. What does that award mean for the three of you? Uh, for me, it's it's just a very humbling honor to be recognized by an industry. It uh, We weren't expecting it at all. I, I didn't think it was possible, to be honest. But it's also, I want to point out that we're we're standing on the shoulders of our people. And everybody in our organization plays a vital role. And, you know, I think part of this being recognized is because of the hard work of so many people in our organization, and I say occasionally around our company, that the most important person 
in our company isn't myself or John or Todd. The most important person in our company is our newest and least experienced employee because that person's job in our company is, uh, has, requires the most amount of training, training and also requires the most amount of care and attention because they don't know who we are and they don't know how we do it. And I, I do believe it's that fundamental culture that brought us to this point. And I'm, we're very, very honored to be recognized this way. Yeah, I, I would echo Jim's comments that, you know, we all crave feedback and this sort of feedback is extremely rewarding because it, it recognizes that we're doing the right things, how we treat our animals, how we care for our animals, how we treat our employees. Um, we talk a lot about respect, how we treat our community and our environment the people that we do business with, all of that, it gives us feedback that we're doing some of the things right and, and people appreciate it. So again, extremely, extremely rewarding and, uh, and lets us know that people recognized uh, what we're doing and obviously appreciate it. So very humbling. To be recognized in our favorite industry in the world, the industry that we are most passionate about, is great. There, there's no I in team, and and this truly is is a team here at Milk Source, and that that's the culture we're we're trying to uh, uh, portray and 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 live every day. It, it is very humbling, and we we are very honored. Well, I am honored to have all of you guys joining today. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, and of course, we will be formally honoring all three of you on Wednesday of World Dairy Expo during Dinner with the Stars. Uh, when we finally are going to be able to present you with that 2020 Dairy Producers of the Year Award. So congratulations again, guys, and thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 